I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse, and you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. Just because they joined your webinar or they downloaded a lead magnet doesn't mean they're ready to buy. You need to maintain that relationship and build trust with them. And that's where the nurture sequence comes in. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 127. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we are actually having on one of our past guests, Sarah Noel Block, recent past guest, I should say, from episode 115. In that episode, she spoke about the welcome email sequence. Uh, and we loved having her on so much that we're having her back on to talk about how to craft a successful email nurturing sequence. Because as we learned in episode 115, you can't just give up on your 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 email list after the welcome sequence. Mm-hmm. There's more to it than that. Uh, but before we go any further, what are you drinking today, Jesse? You know, I'm just doing some water. Nothing exciting. That's not a bad. That's not a, bad, no, not not a bad. bad thing. You can't you can't go wrong with water. Um, but yes, I would say you know I am looking forward to you know all the things that summer brings with summer cocktails. So mm-hmm. hopefully, I will have something more exciting next time. <laughs> the next time around. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been. You know me. I love my seltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, we are recording this before I have had my child, my second child. Uh, And for some reason, I started getting the worst. Every time I drank seltzer, I'd get the worst pains like right between my shoulders, which is just going to call what it is. It's gas pain. Uh, So I have been like, so my favorite thing, the only thing I've been able to really enjoy this entire pregnancy is like all my different seltzer waters and yeah. bubblies and the, uh, yeah, I can't have that anymore. Uh, well, you're almost so there. I'm almost there. Um, and even like my root beer, my root beer is not as bad. I feel like because I love good root beer. Um, but I have been enjoying San Pellegrino. So I love San Pellegrino and I love um the French version of it. And it's, I think that also starts with a P, but I can't remember. Um. But they have a flavored mineral water that you can buy, mm. like, pa- multi-packs of at the grocery store. And it does have a little bit of carbonation, but a lot less than your regular seltzer or soda waters. Mm. So this is pink crepe, grapefruit and citrus blend. And it's, it's I mean, it's very on brand for me because it's just this little pink can. Yeah. Um, it's, it's And it's, it's, yeah, it's very cute and and delicious and um so yeah i've been enjoying those lately um because i need something like mm-hmm. and i don't really like flavored waters like other than you know maybe put a little lemon yeah in, in water like or anything water. like that yeah i do like that. i mean luckily because it is summer like iced tea and, and i love tea i've talked mm-hmm. about that before i love tea so like iced teas have come back so that's also helped with the mm-hmm. the lack of <laughs> um choices uh-huh i love it but uh yeah so that's what i've been enjoying again not sponsored but should be sponsored as uh, far as i'm concerned yeah. oh well now that we have that important business out of the way we're going to welcome back our guest sarah noel block of Money marketing 
Noelle Block is an inbound marketing expert who focuses on on an education-based approach to marketing for small to mid-sized businesses and solopreneurs. Her approach to marketing systems makes it easy for tiny teams to have a big impact. We had Sarah on the show a few months ago to talk about her three-step welcome email sequence. That's episode 115, so make sure you can check that out too. Today, she's going to share with us the next step, that is how she has crafted a successful email nurture sequence. Sarah, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I feel like an old pro now. You are a pro. Such a pro. Well, I feel like a lot of what you said in that first interview was so helpful that when you mentioned the nurturing sequence, I thought, oh, why not just naturally we have to have you back naturally we gotta we gotta go on the next steps it's like the next movie in the series you know yes we're sequel yeah the the sequel well first off uh you know as an old pro you know our first question is Mm. what are you drinking today yes right now water which is boring but let's do an imaginary mimosa Mm. i like it I love a yeah. good mimosa. A little bit of like vitamin C and jabuz, It's so healthy. But together, why not? Yeah. I'm <laughs> killing germs with the champagne and I'm giving myself vitamin C with the orange juice. It's really That's the best argument I've heard for <laughs> drinking alcohol in a very, very long time. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love yes. it. And you know, I feel like everybody has like a random bottle of like champagne. Like, like I actually have just random champagne at my like, studio. So I'm like, I need to just go finish that off with like yeah. orange juice. And it's I just need health. to hang hang out at your studio if there's random champagne just, mm-hmm. just chilling over there. Yep, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh Jesse gave a short inform, you know, intro of who you are, and we did get to meet you in episode 115. But you know, tell us a little bit. A, first, who you are, and then B, what you've been up to the past couple of months since we last talked. God, has it been months? I can't believe that. Um, So I'm Sarah, and I'm the founder of Tiny Marketing, and I work with small businesses that have either no marketing department or a small marketing department to help them build effective and efficient marketing. It's like a lot of times these small businesses, they just, they... Are th- people are thrown into the marketing role, but that's not their zone of genius. That's not where they want to be. So they need to, they need some guidance and to figure out how to like where to focus on that. I'm excited to talk about nurturing emails today, though, because that's where it's at. That's where the sales happen is in the email. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead um, and jump right into it? So. You yeah. know, we talked about the welcome sequence last time. So uh, break us down, break it down for us of what is a nurture welcome sequence and, you know, why, like, why do you love it so much? And why does the sale happen at that point? Or why is that um, so important to business? Yeah. So let's like start from the birth of this lead, <laughs> the lead magnet. So someone decided to join your webinar or download your template or whatever. So now they're on their list and you've sent out your welcome sequence. Yay. Now they're, they understand you. It's like an orientation to who you are and your brand. So that's where we left off on the last episode. And now we need to nurture that relationship 
Because just because they joined your webinar or they downloaded a lead magnet doesn't mean they're ready to buy. You need to maintain that relationship and build trust with them. And that's where the nurture sequence comes in. And it's honestly so much easier than people think it is. It's just a matter of consistency. I love it. Oh, so, okay. There so, were, we get, go ahead. There were three steps with that. With the with the welcome sequence. So how many mm -hmm. steps are we talking with the nurture sequence? Or have you or is there a specific number or whatever? With nurture, it's ongoing. You want okay. to keep it going. So you want to pick a cadence that you feel comfortable with that you can consistently show up for. So mine is weekly. Every Tuesday, my audience gets their tiny marketing tips. And it's very specific around what problem I solve. So it reminds them every single week, this is the problem I solve. And it's always a value add. It's always something educational. But you don't have to commit to once a week. Even if you commit to once a month, that's okay. Or once a quarter, as long as it's consistent. And if you want to show up in the primary box and not end up in the spam, you want to make sure that you're sending it the same, let's say you're doing it weekly to make it easy. You want to show up the same day and the same time every week. So email providers like Gmail says, okay, this is a friendly face. And they will put you into that primary box instead of in spam. I remember you giving us a couple tips like this last time where I was kind of blown away by the fact like, you know, you, you talk about um, Google likes it when you consistently update your website and all that kind of stuff. But I never yeah. even thought about how they react with newsletters and how things end up in spam versus how they end up in your your inbox. Um, so just quickly taking one step back, how do we. So we have that that lead magnet. Is that how we get people into the nurture sequence? Is that lead magnet? Is how do how do we get them like keep keep them hooked to keep get them into that nurture sequence? Yeah. So to start, you'll need some sort of lead magnet, and it can look like a ton of different things. So as an example, monthly I have webinars based on whatever series I'm doing for my tiny marketing podcast. Um, so I have a webinar that caps off the end of that series, and it usually has a guest who was a guest during that series. So we get a couple hundred leads during that. And that would be, you know, they're going to the welcome sequence after that, and then they're going to nurture after that. But there's also, I think I talked about this in the last episode, low-hanging fruit stuff. If mm -hmm. you notice that certain pages on your website are getting a ton of traffic like they were the google algorithm loves it it's at the top um you'll want to create like a custom lead magnet for that page so you can capture all of those leads that are coming in through google and at the top of your linkedin page if you're a linkediner you can have those pinned posts it's like a series of them make sure you have your lead magnet in there too so it could look like a ton of things. It could be a guide, an ebook, webinar, uh, course series. But I like doing that monthly webinar because they then my subscribers have an opportunity to get to know with me, interact with me, and it builds that no like trust factor a lot faster. Mm, I love that. Okay, so we're going mm -hmm. from from welcome 
to nurture. Um, and I guess my question is, what's what's the difference between like a nurture sequence and a, like a newsletter? Because a newsletter in my, yeah. like, I always like, that's what I call my weekly like email is just it's a not any different. I okay. saw that question. Yeah. Okay. I I saw that in your email, and your newsletter can be part of your nurture okay. sequence. It's it's called nurture because you're nurturing that relationship. As long gotcha. as you are sending that content on a regular cadence, you're good. Awesome. Okay. So okay. Um. You know, it's like how do we? Okay. This is this is like the meat of our discussion. How do we craft like a successful nurture sequence or a nurture? Like, what cadence? does that look like? Yeah. Cause I yeah. feel like for me, for example, like sometimes like like the way I create my content is like I'll usually have certain discussion points. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like pulled from maybe a recent experience with a client. I'm like, oh yeah, I should talk about like how to solve that problem. Really um, but then sometimes I'm like kind of drawing a blank, or should I be like or should I be doing a series or should it be all related to keep telling a story or should they really just be more like individually topic fo- focused or is there no good answer? It, yeah, you, all of those things would work, but for like the tiny marketers that I work with, I recommend that you have a series going on and that you build your nurture sequence around that pillar content that you can commit to creating on a regular cadence. So for example, your podcast, you send it out on, it's weekly, right? So you have that go out weekly and you can create that in a series to make it a lot easier. So we are doing two email episodes. What if in our first conversation we had, it was an hour instead of a half hour. And we ended up talking about three points when it came to email And then it's set up as a three-part podcast episode. And then maybe you cap it off with like a solo episode at the beginning to introduce the topic and a solo episode at the end to wrap up the topic. Then you have five episode series and it makes it a lot easier. And you can give me ideas. (laughs) Yeah. You can do this around campaigns too. So if you have a particular launch you're trying to do, pick up topics around that launch or what that product or service is and create the series around that so you can create a funnel with it. And then your funnel is not just selling, your funnel is educating. So you're adding value at the same time. So let's face it, no one wants just to be sold to. No, no one likes being sold to. They do like to learn though. And once you've shown them that you can solve that problem, they will raise their hand. So just high level, uh, not to say that I would actually necessarily do this, but uh, I just want to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. Like for me, a brand photographer, like a personal brand photographer. So maybe, you know, one of, one of like my brand pillars is really like, you know, prepping, being able to like properly prep you for your session. So it could be like a series. I could like come up with like a magic number, right? Like the five things to consider to make your brand session, you know, a smash hit or whatever. And then each email could almost focus on like one of those things. And it'd be like, yes, part one of how to smash your session or whatever. Yeah, I would definitely do that. And I would make sure within that nurture sequence, because you have this series of what, five, let's say tips, 
um, have some sort of lead magnet attached to it so you can pull people into that nurture sequence at the same time. So if you were doing that topic, you could also have like, let's say they have to sign up for a private podcast to get the full details around that. And it's just a short five episode private podcast that they'd get access to, but they need to sign up to be able to get access to that or a short video series to go with it. So what, so I guess for me, if they're already in my email sequence though, like they've already opted in. So why, right. why would have. I then further, op, further opt them in to something else? If you're thinking you have that nurture sequence, but you're, if you're thinking ahead on it, You'll mm -hmm. want to pull more people into that nurture sequence so you can create that lead magnet to pull them new subscribers in. Oh, just basically create a new lead magnet specifically around that series. This like, oh, I'm going to be doing an email series on X, Y, and Z and like opting yeah. to, to get it. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Perfect. So can you give us like... um one of like one of your clients that you've worked with a, a real like a real success story when it comes to the nurture sequence that you've developed for them and also tips on how to keep it up <laughs> yeah so let's see here i had a you wouldn't think this would be interesting but it was a facilities company and they so they basically maintained commercial buildings like Walgreens, for example. And um, we created a nurture sequence around around them. And they were able to, I don't have the exact numbers on me, but they were able to increase their work with their current clients by showcasing it was like a customer success series in a nurture sequence. And they were able to attribute those emails to the increase in contract size. Wow. I love that. Okay. That's yeah. actually really cool. Um, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. Customer lifetime value. It's way cheaper to increase the, the uh, contract size of a current customer than it is to gain a new one. Yeah. I love that. So, um, yeah. and when you're, when you did that, were was it specifically targeted to existing customers or hmm. was that specific sequence it was not specifically targeted toward oh, them wow. it was more it was hoping to bring in subscribers and convert them to customers but it resulted in customers becoming way bigger customers bigger customers i love yeah. it that's so cool okay that makes it easy then just you know being able to target your entire list and, you know, showcasing those success stories. Cause I do that all the time, you know, through mo mostly my blog. And I do sometimes like, I feel like I could do a better job because I'm like, I'll like give a little snippet of what the blog post is and direct people to like, check it out. Um, but I feel like I could probably break that into like more emails, like break the blog post up again. Yeah. Me. You, what is your cadence for your blogs? So Kate actually writes my blogs um, twice a month. And so I actually have a lot of content to pull from that. And my emails go out. I generally do an email about, I would say, once a week, once every week and a half. Um, I yeah. try to spread it out because I don't want to be like super, like I don't want to like inundate people's 
inbox all the time. That's everybody's worry, but nobody's. I know. (laughs) Unless you're emailing them every day, like during a sales sequence, which is a whole other animal, then you you run the risk of annoying them. But those nurture emails, as long as they're engaging, they're not annoyed. Right, right. Okay, so uh, when you're thinking about your nurture sequence, like, you know, you've given us a couple of really good examples. Um, I guess, you know, one of the questions we had written down was like, what makes this process effective? And I think we've already answered that, I guess. And in my, Mm -hmm. maybe I almost reversed this question. Like, are there any like things that you really shouldn't be doing? I was just thinking like, what should, and I know I'm like, I know I'm like throwing that out on the fly here. So if like, you don't have a response, it's totally fine. But like, if you have any, like, don't do what are the, the don't do's. Yeah. Yeah, I would not make them pitchy or salesy. The nurture sequence is purely meant to educate and remind your customer consistently or your audience consistently that you solve a particular problem. It's all about education and trust building. So don't sell to them during that. You can have like a little block at the bottom of it that gives them directions on, hey, if you want to work with me, these are the different ways but don't make that the primary cause. Um, Not being consistent with it. Like if you're emailing me once a month and then maybe three months goes by and (laughs) I'm not getting emails anymore, I'm going to forget that I subscribed and I'm going to unsubscribe. So you'll get way higher unsubscribes when you do that. Mm, Okay. Um, Interesting. Yes, that I'm I'm guilty lot. of that. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> I haven't emailed my audience in a very long time. So I'm just dreading that dreading that time when I actually hit send on the next email and I see all those unsubscribes come in. Oh well. <laughs> it hurts a little bit, but that also means that they're just not the right audience. So they're self-selecting true. themselves out and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. Going back to Jesse, your question about like how you can turn that email into or that blog post into more emails, any way you repurpose it, you can promote those in a separate thing. Like let's say you created a LinkedIn lot or no, you don't do LinkedIn. I think your Instagram, you do an Instagram live and it's on the topic that that blog was on. So you can promote that the replay instead in the next email and just you know use repurposing to vary it a bit or you can take sections if it's like a long form blog post let's say 2000 words um each of those sections could be its own email for sure and then you can highlight key points from that mm-hmm. yeah i know mm-hmm. that's why like sometimes i'll be like hey Kay, is this gonna be done by this certain date because i like it for other content <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, well, and then I don't, do, but I just don't, I feel like I'm definitely not leveraging it like I could, but yeah, um, if I you, never do. If you don't have anything to talk about in your email too, you can comfortably also talk about something that you talked about on social media. Let's say you're not super consistent with blogging or podcasting or whatever, just whoever's listening is not consistent with that, but they are consistent on Instagram and maybe they had a really engaged post that has valuable comments in there. Something that I do when I'm like, you know, I don't have anything I really want to, like I nothing new that I've created. So I'll post a 
social media post that I created and some of the highlight some of the comments that I thought were really valuable that my audience could learn from. And that can be its own email because you're still adding value. And it's like you're curating that education from your audience, too. How personal can you get in your nurture sequence, too, I wonder? Because, like, you know, um, I know when we talked about the welcome sequence, you you mentioned sharing, like, a personal story. Like, are there ever times when it's, you know, you're still, as you said, you're still building that no like, and trust factor. Like, can you tell them that? personal story that you know maybe doesn't seem quite like it relates to what you're going to be talking about or what you're selling and and then kind of flip it on its head like is that okay or is that do you kind of keep that to the welcome sequence i have seen it done well i don't do it (laughs) that's the key (laughs) yeah i have seen it done well um i actually get regular emails and it does make me feel like i'm a little bit closer to that person Mm -hmm. I feel like I know them a little bit better. So I'm not opposed to it just because I don't do it, but other people do it. Okay. I just always wonder, especially like for someone like me, whose kind of brand is more personal. um, And that for sure. Okay. Especially if like you can help someone or they can relate to it and they feel a little less alone from your story. I Mm -hmm. think that's helpful. Well, I think, I mean, I think a lot of like, I immediately go to some of the big players like who have built really big personal brands. And a lot of it is like, like Jenna Kutcher, she shares all the things, right? And that seems to work. Everything. She does share everything. And maybe that's too much for people and, you know, whatever. Yeah, certain people. But um, I mean, one thing I sometimes do is, uh, well, I do it mostly with my clients. I'll like a lot, like I'll just because I want to like see how they're using the images from our photography session. And I also will opt in to if they had lead magnets and before our session. So I can kind of like learn a little bit about how they're doing marketing if they have it. Um, but I also will just opt into se- to sequences too to like get ideas. Like so, and then sometimes the I'm like, thing. and I know we were talking a lot about like the subject titles and stuff. And like I love like yeah. seeing how like how people use theirs subjects. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. I I I really like email. <laughs> like a lot of That's right. You kind of like totally geek out over it. I do. I do. I have a whole folder. I told you guys last time of all the emails I really like. I keep it in so I, can our, I think back our to first it. quote from the fir- from the last episode like when we when we have that clip at the beginning it's like I love email marketing. And I don't think I have ever heard anybody so passionate about anything on the show at all really uh yes i really do it's just like it's where the relationships are really built (laughs) well i I mean you're coming into someone's inbox you know they're not just scrolling through on a on a social media app where yes they've given you a follow but you're actually coming into your email box and you know it's so funny because um i've thought I've thought of nothing, you know, if somebody, oh, you can win a free chance to do this or oh, you can do. And, you know, I've thought nothing about just giving away my email sometimes, but I specifically have an email where it's like, I consider it my spam email. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's like, okay, I know, like, this is my, this is my business email. This is like my personal email. And then this is my spam email. So like <laughs> anything that I'm like, oh yeah, I'll enter to win a chance, but it goes to my spam email. And then I'm just like, I don't have to pay as much attention to it, you know? But there are a lot of people out there who feel 
very strongly about giving away their email for anything. Um, yeah. Because it's that, because you're right, there is that relationship that you start to build because you're coming right in, right into, it's like, it's like with getting, getting a phone call used to be sometimes, I think. <laughs> and now I'm like, know? someone died if I get a phone call. Oh, I yeah. know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. And anybody, so if, if I have a texting relationship with somebody that I'm like, I never hear from them via phone and all of a sudden I get a call, I'm like, what happened? Yeah, that's exactly it could be nothing. It could be nothing, but I'm just like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Like yes. when my sister calls me, I'm li- and I love my sister, but like when she calls me, I'm like, is everything okay? She's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, I can't text right now for some one reason or not. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> just want oh. to make sure everyone was alive. Yeah, I know. All right. So now, since we love having you on the show, what is after they've gone through this like nurture sequence? Is there a next step? <laughs> Well, yeah, nurture should be ongoing. It should be an ongoing cadence, but you will need sales sequences too. Let's say if you're doing a launch or you have a new service, that's a whole other animal and that is separate from nurture. So you'll want to have a sales sequence. And I also have webinar sequences that I do to really up my webinar registrants. So okay. those are two different programs yeah. that you would want to do with email. Yeah. So in okay. other words, we need to have you back on the show again. For part three. Talk you have to. For part three. All right. <laughs> See, she did this strategically. She knew exactly what she was doing. She's like, I'm going to break this up into a three-part series. So three-part they have- <laughs> series. All <laughs> no. right. So now everybody. I laid it out for you. <laughs> so we did. We did in the spring of 2023 because, yes, this this all of our episodes are still on our website. But in the spring of 2023, we did our welcome sequence. Now in the middle of summer 2023, we're doing the nurture sequence. So I guess everybody's just going to have to tune back into like what, fall of 2023? And then you'll have to create an email guide and put all the content together. All right. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm gay. We're, we're game if you are, Sarah. Yep. So have you back on the show and we'll talk about the next stop. Well, Sounds so good. if you want to, if you could give us a tease maybe for that next piece so that people know what they're going to be tuning in for later. Yes. So I use a sales sequence around a course launch or um, okay. like a digital product launch. And it basically sells for you. So you, all you have to do is write up that sequence, put it in a workflow, and you can pause it when that launch is done, update any little copy that you want, and then start it back up when you want to launch again. So it sells for you. And all you really need to do is focus on that lead generation in between launches. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Jessie, yeah, so... Jessie knows what you're talking about well so i mean i used to do this with my course and you know i used to do like live launches and so we would have like you know the the throughout the year i would try to obtain as many leads and then i would go hard into like a a launch sequence and that would be like a drive to register to my webinar and then they would have the webinar and then afterwards it would be the sales sequence and then you know if they didn't purchase at that point then they just were like regularly put into like my i guess you could call it my newsletter or my nurture yeah it's back into nurture exactly I'm, yeah that's exactly so, the way you should be doing it what i found hard though so i've closed my course i don't no longer have that as a service provider where i don't have a course now and i don't really have a product i have a service how can somebody like me where it's like my pricing doesn't really like ebb and flow the only time i really do a sale because i'm not like huge on sales is like black friday mm-hmm. like that's the only time i really do a sale 
or unless yeah. I have mini sessions. So I guess I could do it for mini sessions, but I have a pretty good strategy on mini, mini sessions where I do like an insider's and maybe it is actually like a sales sequence. So like an, e- I like mean, an it sounds list. like it just from what you named it. <laughs> yeah. It's like an insider's list where I get them on like a specific, I target them and then like they're only on the list and then I open it up to that list. But like any other ideas when you literally just provide a service that really isn't a product, I guess, how, yeah. like, how do you, do you, do you launch when there's really not like a sale or like, anything like that. So there's a couple different ways to do it. One, you could do a launch series around a specific time of year where a lot of people want brand photography. So if you've noticed that it's seasonal, Mm. doing a launch before that would make sense. And just, it's really just hyping it up, right? It's making it feel like, like something. Remember that they can buy from you and they're not just learning from you. Um, I can't remember who it is, but someone else has said that you should have a sale email in between your nurture sequence. So like, let's say you have four nurture emails and then you can have a sale email to remind them of what they can, what they can purchase from you and then go back into it. So it's not like a hard sell where it's seven emails over one week. It's just reminding them every month, these are the services I have. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. That makes, that does make the cadence kind of regular and also not seem super, super salesy mm-hmm. either. But I do like the idea of like, as a service provider, like trying to create launches, even though you're really not launching because your service is always available and it's yeah. like not changing the price. So maybe when we can't have you back, if we can like dive into some of that, like what would that look really look like? And, you know, we don't have to, you know, we got to wrap this episode up, but like, I would be interested <laughs> in knowing more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I recently did that for my services. I did a launch so we can, we can get into that. And it was basically like, I'm opening up a VIP day for one day. So I did a launch around a service that I wouldn't normally be selling. Oh, okay. I love that. Okay. Idea. Ooh, I like guess. that. Okay. All right. All so right. This again, we're just, yeah, it's, it's always, it's great to have you back on the show to talk about this. There's so much involved. And again, we're going to have to have you back maybe after, uh, you know, as I said, fall. So everybody listen for our it's next episode. The next thing you know, it's there. You're just going to be one of the hosts on the show. <laughs> seriously. Well, yeah, now, now that you zoom box. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we have an idea of this nurture sequence and people can get started on working on their nurture sequence, where can people find you if they want to learn more about tiny marketing and, and what you do? They can find me everywhere with Sarah Noel Block. That's my website and my socials. And then my podcast is the tiny marketing show. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. It's been great to have you back on the show and we'll, uh, we'll talk with you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. What I love about Sarah and having her on the show is obviously, as I I mentioned in our interview, her passion for something that can seem so mundane, but actually is such a large part of making sales. Then we don't think about it that way. Um, But then just some of like the small little tips that she drops into the conversation that end up making so much sense, like about, you know, how to avoid the 
spam folder and everything like that. Because when it comes down to it, you know, you can do all that you want to create these beautiful emails with photos and, you know, links and information and just being super witty and everything. But if it's going to end up in that spam folder or you don't have like the subject line that actually gets people to open it and they just kind of, or, or you don't do it as often as you should and you just kind of drop off people's the end of their mm-hmm. their consciousness, you're going to end up either in the spam box or just trashed by them. So, you know, it. what having her on the show not only gives us the information that we need to create those, you know, the great e- welcome email sequence like we talked about in one f- episode 115 and then the nurture email sequence, um, but also like actually having that work. Yeah. Be appreciated. Right. So. Right. Um, well, I'm just going to like you know, pull a, uh, a ditto on you from ghost, like ditto <laughs> the movie. Never seen, never oh seen ghost. God, you, I, okay. Well, you'll I know, and watch it. It's very good. I'm like, I'm a movie person and I, I don't know why. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyways, yeah. I agree. I agree for those <laughs> listening that may have never also heard of the movies ghost, um, featuring I've heard Patrick, of it. Patrick Swayze goal, uh, Demi Moore, Demi Moore and, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. It's amazing. And he says ditto throughout basically. Um, so yes, I agree with everything you said. Cause he's a ghost, right? Well, he says ditto when she says, I love you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I guess I'm going to have to watch the movie now. So yeah, you will. All right. Well, that'll be during my maternity leave. Yes. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. And we'd love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I'm Kate Andrews. And you can follow me on Instagram at Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Make sure to tune in next time for another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.